Hello, my name is Hyunsung Kang and welcome to this podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund here in Washington, D.C. To mark the beginning of a new year, we're going to look at the prospects for one of the world's most dynamic regions. If the words good crisis are a contradiction in terms, then Asia has had, if not a good crisis, then at least an extremely good recovery. It topped the global growth tables over the last year, and Asia is expected to hold that lead position in 2011. Anoop Singh, the IMF's head of Asia and Pacific Department, is optimistic about the prospects for the region. But before looking ahead, he cast an eye back on the year just ended. Asia has performed remarkably well the last year. In fact, they've led the global recovery. And I would say that policymakers have effectively managed their response to the global crisis. We saw that regional economies grew well above trend in the first half of the year, supported by both domestic and external factors. We saw that um, appropriate policy stimulus in Asia played an important role, but also Asia benefited from the rebound in global manufacturing, which boosted Asian exports. Fundamentally, beyond these two issues, I would say that domestic demand, the pickup and sustaining the recovery in domestic demand played also an increasing role in contributing to Asia's momentum. So are you saying that this strong performance was apparent throughout the whole region or were there variations in performance? Well, I would say that the big recovery was in the first half of the year. The second half of the year did see some moderation, but this means it was moderating to a more sustainable pace. What about geographically? Did all countries throughout the region perform equally well or where where were the strong performers and the less strong performers? Well, this has taken perhaps two forms. We've seen throughout the year China and India have been leading Asia's growth, but we also saw in the ASEAN region and in the export-dependent parts of Asia a strong recovery linked to the rebound that we saw in global manufacturing, which boosted the exports from countries that are dependent on export in Asia. So we're talking places like Korea, Taiwan? Yes, on uh, across the ASEAN region, including Korea, including others which are more export dependent. They benefited a lot from the rebound of global manufacturing and we saw that they were doing remarkably well in the first half. I would say in both cases, India, China, as well as those export dependent, the first half of the year probably proved to be better than our expectations. Okay, then that very happy picture for last year. Let's look ahead to 2011. What are your expectations for the region in the coming year? Well, we expect growth to remain strong. We expect it to settle at a more sustainable rate of about 7% for Asia as a whole, slightly down from 8% in 2010. We see China and India continuing to lead Asia's growth. I should say that despite this positive outlook, there are still downside risks. But these are mainly coming from the external environment, mainly the risk that global growth could be weaker 
than we anticipate in our baseline scenario and also financial spillovers from any further problems in advanced countries, especially in Europe, could be another source of concern and constitute another downside risk. 7% is a huge rate of growth. I mean, there must be worries about overheating and also particularly I'm thinking about capital inflows. There's been a lot of talk about the dangers of the destabilizing effects of capital inflows. What, what's the thinking there? Well, you're right in raising those two issues. And I would say there are two important points, two challenges coming from strong growth continuing in 2011. The first is to manage the timing and the exit from policy stimulus that many countries in Asia have used. And this is because, as you said, output is growing above potential in most economies. In fact, output gaps are closing and inflationary pressures are emerging. Therefore, our view is that although many countries have taken steps to remove monetary stimulus, there still is further room to shift, to remove policy stimulus. So I think the withdrawal of monetary and fiscal stimulus should accelerate beyond what it has been and this needs to be managed also with stronger currencies, greater upward flexibilities in the currencies of many countries in Asia. That is the first point. The second point you mentioned correctly is how to manage capital inflows that you are right have clearly flooded many parts of Asia. Partly this is due to the growth divergence. We see higher growth in Asia compared to advanced economies and I would make two points here. On the one hand, these inflows certainly present many opportunities. We need to build the economic framework to ensure that these capital inflows can create momentum for infrastructure and broader growth in Asia over the medium term. But however, in the near term, they do create challenges for financial stability. And therefore, countries are taking measures to try to deal with them. They have taken many macroprudential measures. I do believe that there is more room to take macroeconomic measures and also I would say that greater exchange rate flexibility offers an important buffer against the risks we see posed by the large capital inflows. Are you confident that these measures are going to be sufficient? I think they've taken a number of measures. We are in close collaboration and contact with the authorities. We've recently done a major report on capital inflows into Asia and what to do with them. It has been an important topic in our discussions, not only in our bilateral consultations, but also with our advisory group. Okay, let's look at the wider picture. I remember in the 1980s and the early 1990s when people were writing extensively about Japan and, and talking about rising Japan. Are we seeing the same thing but rising Asia this time, the bigger region? I think what we've seen in the last decade was the further rise of Asia and this time I would say it is in large part due to the rapid growth in China and India and this is expected to continue over the medium and the long term. How can you be so confident though that this rate of growth will be sustained given what, for example, the trend set by Japan, everyone was very, very optimistic about the Japanese performance but now 
Now look, Japan has been in a decade of doldrums. How can we be sure that this is not going to happen in the rest of Asia? Well, you are certainly right in saying that the region has certain dependence that needs to be rebalanced so that the momentum comes from a broader set of policies. It is true that across Asia, the region has been more dependent on exports than other emerging markets in the world. And therefore, in order to maintain these high growth rates, we do believe the region should reduce its reliance on export-led growth. And we have emphasized the importance of rebalancing that is going to raise domestic demand in Asia. This is also a major topic in our discussions with uh, countries in Asia. Mr. Singh, thank you very much indeed.